am Loki. And I am burdened with glorious purpose. Glorious purpose. Glorious. Bonus episode. It's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, clean it, race it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, push over, pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say's already been said. Leftovers. Only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Hey, welcome to a Loki bonus episode. In this one, we're going to be talking about Loki episode three, which was titled Lamentous. And it's uh, directed by Kate Heron, written by our future Ms. Marvel writer, BCK Ali. We're going to do things a little bit differently on this one. We're not going to rate it at the beginning. So we're going to kind of talk about it and we're going to rate this one at the end. But um, yeah, a little bit different than we've been doing in the past, Jake. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm up for the challenge. Okay, let's see here. We did get a Loki email, Jake, and it came from Jeannie, and she goes on to say, Hello, all. While Jake is not a fan, Bonnie Tyler's holding out for a hero was a great choice for the introduction for Lady Loki. I, too, suspect that she could be the hero of the series. If you look at the lyrics of the song, it does ask, Where have all the good men gone and where are all the gods? Loki is a god. And don't forget that the god of mischief is larger than life. Thunder and lightning get mentioned as well. Hopefully this message makes you sing the song in your head one more time, LOL. Keep up the good work. And that comes from Jeannie. I can't escape the song. <laughs> It's what I'm learning. <laughs> Paul, what, Paul, what did you think about the song when it played? I mean, I'm I'm a big fan of the '80s, so I was, and I also laugh because I just watched or I just listened to you guys the night before. So of course I got a chuckle, and I'm, thank God I didn't message Jay because it sounds like you got enough messages before you even watched the uh, um, before you even watched the episode that day. But no, I'm a big fan of the '80s music, so I was all for it. Rebecca, were you a big fan holding out for a hero? I am in Jake's camp here. Uh, I think that, wow. the, eh, whatever. Uh, that song, is, in my opinion, it's also, I also think it's totally overused. Um, it's, it's a fun song, but after hearing it a million times in different movies and TV shows, um, I, I will say it was very serendipitous how you guys talked about it, and then the very next episode of Loki had that song in it, which was wild. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it was fine in there. I just, I, I just feel like it, that that song is overused in in my opinion. So it's like whatever for me. Yeah. Glad I asked you. You and Jake can bond over that together. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if there's any room on my island for someone to agree with me. I'm shocked. <laughs> Speaking of emails, uh, I sent a couple of emails to a couple of different podcasts, and my email was actually read on Slash Film Daily by uh, uh, podcast host Peter Serretta. And then uh, it was actually it was mentioned on Still Watching podcast uh, hosted by Joanna Robinson from Variety. So I had a big week for emails this week and my theories. 
And um, I'm going to say that, Jake, yeah, uh, so far when it came to my theory that uh, C-20, Hunter C-20, was a variant and she came from Earth and she said, I want to go home, that I had the theory that all of the TVA and the variants uh, were all of TVA was made up of variants. And it looks like that's true. Yeah, it was 100% confirmed this episode, so you were right on the money there. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm very happy. It, it feels like, uh, I guess it feels like um, validation or, or a victory after the, the mess. That was WandaVision for me. So, <laughs> Yeah, I, I imagine you feel elated that it's like, finally, I'm not just talking a bunch of nonsense that they're not even going to address. I wouldn't call what I said before nonsense, Jake, but... Well, I mean, it, 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 it got retconned into nonsense. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It wasn't nonsense when you spoke it, but by the time the series ended, it was it was retconned into that, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, it was cool. It was cool seeing that theory uh, actually, you know, turn out to... And I was surprised that not not everybody had heard. Actually, no. The first time I watched the episode, I didn't hear her say, I want to go home. It wasn't until the second watch that I heard her say that. So uh, I can understand why people didn't catch that. Um, so let's talk about this episode. I, I do want to break it down. I do have more theories that I do want to get into. Um, we start off the episode with a scene of Lady Loki in one of her enchantments, this is an uh, illusion, uh, the one she created in episode two on Hunter C-20. And now we're getting to actually see the enchantment and what's going on in C-20's mind. We find out that this is from C-20's past uh, on Earth, hundreds of years before she was a member of the TVA. What does that mean, Jake? Because uh, that's revealed later. Um, we'll get into that a little bit more. But, like, what does that mean, Jake, hundreds of years before? Does that mean – are we just going back to, like, this whole time works differently in the TVA stuff? Yeah, I mean, obviously there has to be some point in the, you know, quotation mark sacred timeline that this thing came into existence. I, I guess it would be from their own description they were created at what after the big – celestial war that killed all them like they were they were like okay we can't let that shit happen again now we're going to create the tva yeah yeah so i i would say that the creation of the tva does not take place outside of time it's not like one of those things where it, t- it took place everywhere and anywhere at the same time because they're they're outside of time i mean there was a historic event within the mcu that led to whomever you know the timekeepers saying okay we can't let that happen again hmm nana what did you take from that um yeah we've got nana pratt we've got paul hart and rebecca daling i apologize i'm to- I'm, I'm totally <laughs> fucking up this episode but nana what i mean like and i don't know if i, if I can come up with an answer that's like the one thing that kind of like threw me off in this episode was the fact that uh that you know, later on, it's revealed that when she went into C-20's past, it was from Earth hundreds of years before, but it looked like a very kind of like contemporary setting, like in a, you know, like a bar. So, I mean, if I guess if we're to believe that time works differently in the TVA, I don't know. I, I just, I've had a problem with believing well, anything from the TVA because it just feels like all propaganda to me. Well, with the information that we have, that has to be awesome because obviously if it's been hundreds of years... You know, we're we're assuming that this the time period that Loki's taking place is twenty twenty three. Hundreds of years, like what nineteen eight? No, not even nineteen eighties. Like 
1800s and obviously you know the the kind of decor that they were using wouldn't have existed then no i think yeah i think she well i mean here's the thing um uh, we'll break it down later we'll break it down later rebecca did you understand this at all um this it's very it's a little confusing to me because there was uh, and i'm not sure which episode this was i think it was maybe episode one or two where like loki I think it's episode one where Loki threatens one of the TVA guys and he's like, give me the Tesseract or I'll gut you like a fish. And the guy's like, what's a fish? He's like, I've never been outside of this. I've always been in here. So like to put all that together, if that guy's saying he's never been outside of that building and doesn't know what a fish is and that everybody seems to believe that they were created by these time lizard people and but yet Lady Loki has other information. I think I think this is all a lot of like red herrings being thrown around to expose maybe some nefarious plot by like the time I keep wanting to call them time lords and that's a Doctor Who thing, but like I don't it's it seems like they have something nefarious going on and that they've either brainwashed or convinced people that they were created by them to only work in this place. So like it's it's a little confusing for sure. Yeah, I, I, I'm just hung up on the fact that uh, her memory is from Earth's past, hundreds of years before. Which, but it just makes me feel like it's in a very kind of like contemporary now setting. That's what's that's my confusion with this one thing. That's the one thing yeah. I can't wrap my head around. Maybe they're in the future going back into the past. Yeah, but I don't believe anything about the TVA, Jake. I don't believe that there are timekeepers. I don't I, I don't believe that I, I don't believe any of that. I, and I don't the only the only thing that I think that makes sense is going back to one of my original theories that is if the TVA is somehow based in the quantum realm. That's the only way that I think that time's going to work a little bit differently here is if they're based in the quantum realm. And um, I don't know if I want to put all my eggs into the quantum realm basket because, like, then that opens up Kang and everything else. And I feel like, yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff that we could fucking uh, make an argument for. You know, Ravana Renslayer being in this and her being the love interest of Kang. And there's a lot of things that we could kind of, like, try to connect with Kang. I don't know if this – I don't think that this over the series is called Loki. And so I'm still of the belief that, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's called Loki. It's all tricks and illusions. We've been introduced to one Loki. We know there's variant Lokis that have been pruned off. I still feel like the, the leader of the TBA is still going to be Richard E. Grant's old Loki. And we're going to find out that this was all just kind of like a, you know, like a big, uh, lie. And there are no timekeepers or if there ever were timekeepers, like, they're gone. They're not doing this. Like Loki has taken over this. I, I yeah, just, I'm into it. And the old Loki really like that would explain why it would be a hundred years ago. If it was old Loki that at that age that decided to set all this TVA like scheme up, then that would explain why the other characters would be uh, like a couple hundred years before that. Sure. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. And that also makes sense with a th- another theory that I kind of like flippantly said last week, and I'll, we can get into it a little bit more later again, but like um, where I said that maybe this Sylvie is actually, you know, kind of like the daughter of that older Loki. So, well, and that would make sense if, if, if they're actually from the future, like, or this Sylvie's from a future. Anyway, um, 
we're taken, uh, we're in the TVA. She's, and she's never been there before because she finds out that her magic is not working on the TVA agents. So, so now she has to like literally fight them. She takes one of their batons and starts to, starts to, uh, disintegrate them with that, with the batons. And, um, at that point she's cornered by Ravana Renslayer and then her and Loki exit using the tempad. And then they're on Lamentus one. This planet that's going to be destroyed by a moon. It's the year 2077. And once they get there, they don't have enough power on their tempad to, uh, their tempad to escape. So I just want to point out, Lamentus One is in the comics. It's a planet on the outskirts of Kree space. So this is a planet that uh, does exist in Marvel Comics. Um, we do get a scene of Sylvie trying to enchant Loki, and it doesn't work. So, yeah, it doesn't work. Could that be because it's like they're the same a variant of each other? You can't do it on yourself, possibly. Mm, I don't think so, Jake. I think that uh, she explains she explains later on, like kind of like what it takes to do an enchant enchantment. And uh, I want to I kind of want to save that for later in theories, but I think it's just because Loki has he's a Loki and he's got a strong mind is what I think it comes down to. Wasn't at that point that she tried to do the enchantment when they were inside the TVA? No, I think wasn't it like directly after they got into Lamentus? I believe they were in Lamentus at that point when she tries to do oh, the okay. enchantment. Yes. Uh, Lady Loki, she reveals to him that she changed her name to Sylvie. So remember in the last podcast, I did say that I think that there's a chance that this Lady Loki is an amalgamation of the Sylvie Lushton Enchantress character from the comics and Lady Loki that they basically like, uh, just combine those two characters to make this one character. And I also said that she might be disgusted with the Loki name so that she took on like kind of like a different name herself. She wanted to like brand herself, give herself a new name and not be Loki. And that is kind of what we learn here. Like she named herself Sylvie. Like she is a Loki, but she named herself Sylvie. So um that was kind of like I wasn't like full on board with that theory, Jake. It was just something I threw out there. But that looks like it's the case here. Yeah, I thought that as well. And they really like full on went with the calling what she did enchanting too. So it's definitely the combination of those two characters for the purposes of the MCU. Yeah. We get to the train. Um, so they're going to be taking, they're trying to get to this, uh, tr- this planet Lamentus is going to be hit by this moon. It's going to be destroyed. It's one of these apocalyptic kind of, uh, scenarios. And, uh, they're trying to get to this ship called the Ark. So they got to take this train to get to the Ark. And now they're in line to get onto this train. Um, let's just, okay. So they, they, they sneak their way onto the train. She enchants a, a guard. They, they eventually get on the train. Let's talk about, I, th- what I thought was really interesting is once they're on the train, they have this conversation about how, um, they were raised and they were, you know, there's a lot of similarities, but there's a lot of differences here. And we found out that she too was adopted but she wasn't taught magic by Frigga, so she was never like adopted by Asgardians. We find out that she was the one who taught herself magic, so she 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 might not have had like a um 
like a mother figure in her timeline that was around because she says she doesn't remember a lot about her. Yeah, that's really unfortunate too. Cause you know how much that character means to like, you know, the Loki that we're familiar with. So it's just like, you could see why she's gone in such a completely different path without even that little bit of like good in her life. So I've got, I don't know. I've got a couple, I guess I got a couple of theories about this. Um, there's a chance that in her timeline, she was raised by Hela. Oh, that would be really cool. I would oh, love to see that character get like put into this more. Um, and then there's also, and I, last episode, I, I flippantly like threw out a theory that she, maybe she was raised by old man Loki. You know, I'm still, I'm still, I'm still beating this old man Loki drum played by Richard E. Grant. Like, I believe that that's going to happen. And, you know, maybe she was raised by old man Loki and she, uh, now she's, you know, rebelling against him. And, but I don't, <laughs> a part of me doesn't know. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say that falls in line with what, how she's so disgusted by having that name. Well. Yes, it does fall in line with that. But the, here's the part that I have, I guess I have a problem I've been wrestling with is the fact that like she's asking where the timekeepers are. So mm, it can't be both. Well, I mean, does she, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, if she's asking where the timekeepers are is for her to but here's the thing Jake she can't literally ask C20 if she knows that old man Loki's the timekeeper that he's the one in charge of the TVA she can't ask hey where's the older male version of myself that lives in the TVA she's got to she's got to ask in TVA terms where is where are the timekeepers and so that's what she gets from C20 is she finds out that they're, you know, you got to take the elevator, the golden elevator to get to the timekeepers. And it's not like she's going to come right out to our Loki and tell her like, oh yeah, I'm trying to defeat. She, of course she tells him that she wants to meet the timekeepers. She wants to, she wants to, that's where, that's her goal is to get to the timekeepers, but she can't tell our Loki too much information. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. She, she would have to keep the ruse up. She, you know, she has to, no one else is going to know what she means if she's asking you for what she knows is the truth. So she has to, to her, meeting the timekeepers is still meeting the person she wants to get back to for whatever reason. Right, right. So, I think, I think there is a chance that she could be you know, they in, in in episode two we see the file about her, and it says Sylvie, uh, Sylvie, Laufey daughter. And I think that there could be a chance that, like, maybe like this particular old Loki kind of like, you know, wanted to like imbue someone else with like his essence or something, and created his own Loki and raised her as his daughter, and she sees what he's doing and doesn't like it and then now she's being hunted for the rest of her life you know just jumping in and out of like different apocalyptic scenarios she spent her whole life trying to to defeat uh, to defeat her father i don't know 
I like yeah. that theory a lot. I, they definitely didn't bring up the whole mother thing without. We're going to come back to that. We're going to find out why she had no mother, for sure. I feel like that wasn't just a throwaway plot point. Yeah, yeah. At the, I want to know everybody's thoughts about like what's going on in this episode and like up to this point. I guess, um, Paul. Yeah, no, I was I was in a kind of piggyback. I took it a complete different way when when it was brought up that she also was adopted. I'm like, oh shit, did this old man Loki like have her and just kind of like pawn like just kind of was like, I'm done with you. Like he had her, but he never wanted anything to do with her, and now she knows what a piece of shit he is. That she's coming hardcore after him. It's almost like you weren't there for me. Like I'm coming here for you. I don't know. That's that's the way I took it, but I'm, I've been so for this series and I thought this was a great little intimate, almost bottle episode to see two different versions of Loki and their shared yet different experiences. Yeah. Did you pick up on a little bit of flirting between them at this, when they're talking with one another? Like a little, totally, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But like, it just, I was just catching on, especially since you brought up the Richard E. Grant thing a couple, like for the past couple of weeks. It was just like how she was so disgusted. Yeah. When yeah. he brought up her name, it's like she definitely, it's like she has daddy issues. Like, did he have her and then was just like, fuck you, I'm done with you. And she was raised by somebody else and now it's her goal to get back at this guy. I think that, I mean, if, if, if we are looking at an old man Loki, there definitely is kind of like a story there where, like, you know, I think she's been scorned by him. Maybe he, you know, created her for a purpose. She didn't live up to that purpose. I mean, we've been seeing legacy in, um, like phase four so far, uh, with, with a lot of things coming up. I mean, look at, look at, you know, Shang-Chi. I mean, you know, we've got, you know, uh, in that new trailer, you know, you've got Wen Wu Mandarin saying, you know, you, you know, in order to, to wield this power, you have to, you know, you have to prove yourself. And, and, you know, even the, you know, the Black Widow movie, we might get a new Black Widow, you know, the passing of the torch to Florence Pugh as like, you know, Yelena Belova as the new Black Widow, possibly. The Eternals have kind of like made their impact, their legacy throughout the Marvel Cinematic Universe and, and just history in general. And then, uh, we're getting Kate Bishop as Hawkeye, uh, I mean, uh, Billy and Tommy and WandaVision. I feel like there is like this kind of like legacy thing that's going on here. And the series is called Loki. And it just, it, for me, it just kind of like bookends everything to have not only a lady Loki, but like an old man Loki, our Loki, and possibly even a kid Loki showing up in this series at one point, which I think we will see Jack Veal, actor, young actor Jack Veal. I think Jack Veal will be showing up as a, as a young Loki in this series. So. Um, I think that character has the biggest chance of being the character that moves on too, huh? Yeah, a hundred percent. They're like legacy characters being introduced. I don't think, I don't think at the end of the day, I don't think that, I don't think that Tom Hiddleston Loki has to be pruned. I, I don't, I think like, I think we're opening up the multiverse. I think there's plenty of room for these Lokis to exist until we get the secret wars. Like once we get the secret wars, man, then everything's going to change. But I think like our Loki, Tom Hiddleston could still be around even after the events of this series but i do think moving forward in this series i'm predicting that jack veal is going to be introduced as kid loki and then kid loki is going to come into the mcu that sets up young avengers 
So, and then season two of Loki could just be about Kid Loki, Jake. It's called Loki. It could be about any Loki. Yeah, I like it. I'm excited to see that actor portray Loki. I mean, that that's going to be huge. I mean, it's such a big role. You really have to, hopefully, you know, they did their diligence, and it's going to be a great performance. So we're on the train. Both kind of, they're both kind of tired. Loki's drinking. I, I do think they're flirting. I do think that they're flirting with sure. Loki's like in love with himself and to meet like a different version of himself. And like they immediately both go to like, so have you ever had any like loves in the past? It's like they're kind of and they're smiling and kind of it feels like they're very flirtatious kind of with each other. Apprehensive, but there's still like there's that curiosity about their love life and stuff. And and, you know, we find out that uh you know, uh, Loki, uh, our Tom Hiddleston Loki and, and Lady Loki are both bisexual, which is like in the comics. We find all this out. And I mean, I, I think like it was a very flirtatious kind of like fun moment for me to see like these two Lokis just kind of talking and stuff. So I love it. I, I think, I think that Loki as a character is definitely a narcissist and for him to be in love we're not in love because that's that's too soon for this. But for him to be attracted and flirting with a version of himself is one hundred percent what a narcissist would do. I think <laughs> he, he's in love with himself. He's in love with his power. He's in love with his his glorious purpose. And then to meet another Loki who is basically the same. Yeah, it, there was definite uh, flirting going on. So uh, that'll be. I don't think. I don't think they'll take that anywhere. I think oh, that they'll no. just keep that. I think if they did, that's a huge mistake. But I, I think if they just leave it there as sort of a, a fun little wink, I, I think that, that that works for the rest of the series. I agree. Yeah, I, don't, I don't need to see a Loki rom-com or something, you know. Oh, God, no. No. Yeah. <laughs> but, okay, so there's a lot to unpack here with what happens next. Um, because... She's talking about how she's kind of sleepy and she's not comfortable falling asleep. She can't fall asleep. She can't fall asleep in places like this. And especially with someone she doesn't 100% trust. And Loki's drinking champagne. We see him, you know, drinking a couple glasses of champagne. Next thing you know, Sylvie wakes up. And she finds that Loki is not in the guard outfit anymore He's very loud and boisterous at the bar and he's singing, you know, in the nice guardian song and it's starting to get a lot of attention in the bar and it gets attention of this one guy who goes and alerts the guards and it ends up in, in like a fight between the guards. Loki gets thrown out of the train and then lady Loki realizes that he's got the temp pad. She can't leave the temp pad. She jumps out of the train as well. Here's the theory that everyone is like, not everyone, but there's quite, there's a, there's a big group of people that have watched this episode and they know, we know that, that, that Sylvie can do these enchantments where, you know, she can learn different things. And there's people saying there's this here, this theory that I've been hearing. I don't agree with that Sylvie has enchanted Loki and now she's trying to get information out of him. Mm, and I think... Not a, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Nana. 
Nah, I don't, I, I'm in the same thinking of you. I don't agree with that one because it's, it just wouldn't make sense. It would make, you'd have seen, you'd have seen just more things happening and, the, and her being more inquisitive and asking questions like she did with um, C, C20. I think all that she's trying to do is just trying to get the temp pad off him, but then obviously you see that layer that is actually broken. Yeah. Well, there's also the, you know, the theory that the temp pad is not broken, that Loki has just showed her an illusion of a broken temp pad, and the actual temp pad is fully functioning, and it's fine. Mm. He's very capable of doing that. He's capable, yeah, 100%. I, I don't think that that's what's happening either, though. I guess I should just get into what I think is happening. Um, I think it's vice versa. I think Loki has enchanted her, and I'm going to explain why. You're going to say, uh, that's not possible. Loki can't enchant. We've never seen Loki enchant anyone before. But in a way, we have. If you watch Thor Ragnarok, there's a scene where Loki pulls memories from Valkyrie. Loki and Valkyrie are in a fight. He touches her. And she relives the moment where she lost all the other Valkyrie to Hela in that battle. And what's happening, I believe, here is she fell asleep. He put her in an enchantment. He isn't letting on to Sylvie that he can do this either. And even, you know, even Sylvie tells later tells him how this is done. Uh, you know, they're walking to the Ark after they get thrown out of the train. And they have this conversation about enchantment. And... Loki, I think Loki's playing dumb. And he says, how does it work? And Sylvie says, I have to make physical contact and then grab hold of their mind. We've seen that. When we were in the tent in episode two, we saw that. She made physical contact with uh, C-20. And C-20 started to fight all the other guards, all the other TVA hunters. Uh, excuse me, the... Uh, uh, they're not called hunters. I forget. Minutemen. Minutemen. She starts to fight the Minutemen. Loki then asks, you know, she says, I have to make physical contact and then grab hold of their mind. And she, Loki asks how, and she says, depends on the mind. Most are easy and I can overtake them instantly. Others, the stronger ones, it gets tricky. I'm in control, but they're there too. In order to preserve the connection, I have to create a fantasy from their memories. Keywords. I have to create a fantasy from their memories. So, when people are saying, by that logic, when people are saying that this is an enchantment from Sylvie trying to get information out of Loki, Loki has no memories of the destruction of Lamentus One. He's never been there before. This is everything that happens on Lamentus One. The train, the Ark, the destruction of Lamentus One. This is not from our Loki. He's never been there. Sylvie, on the other hand, has been jumping in and out of end of the world apocalypses her whole life. So she can go undetected from the TVA. She's been running from the TVA. She knows a lot more about the end of this planet than Loki and has probably been here before. Loki even asked her at one point in the episode, how much time do we have left? And she says 12 hours or so. She knows about this apocalyptic event. 
So I believe Loki, from the moment she fell asleep, put her into an enchantment. And he is creating a fantasy from her memory. I believe she could still be asleep on the train. And for more proof of this, if you go to Marvel.com and you can check out Loki on-screen powers at Marvel.com. And these are on-screen powers for Loki in the MCU. It says Loki possesses strength, durability, and longevity far superior to humans, the most powerful sorcerer in all of Asgard. Loki's magical abilities include astral projection, shape-shifting, hypnosis, molecular rearrangement. It also goes on to say, in addition, Loki can connect to others telepathically and see into their memories, mystically imbue objects, and create rifts between dimensions. I believe that Loki is hiding from her that he can also do this enchantment. And he's basically kind of going to pull information out of her here. And I'll get into why later. Guys, Jake, thoughts on that, man? Yeah, I love that theory. You had talked to me about that a bit earlier. And yeah, that, that's crazy. And it just makes it all the more hilarious you know, during the scene you were talking about where she's explaining how to do it, it's kind of serves as both a reminder to the audience, like how that might work. And like Loki himself has to be like snickering in his inner monologue that she's telling him this thing that he's currently doing to her. Yes. Um, <laughs> that's really funny. How do you think um, I, I, I like that theory a lot. I could see it being an extreme possibility. How do you think they reveal that illusion to the audience if that is the truth of what's going on here like uh, what's the are we flashbacking and seeing like what happened when she really fell asleep is he just going to straight up tell her that he did that i think it would be awesome for her to wake up again on the train and the tva to already be there and he's betrayed her i i mentioned in a patreon episode that i don't 100 percent think that loki has 100 percent teamed up with her i still think he's looking for i don't know I, I still think that he might be like working in his mind undercover for the tva at this point and the team for himself he's such a selfish character sure sure but I, I i said in our patreon episode that we did that he might pull like a gene hackman where like gene hackman in superman 2 you think he's like working with superman against zod and then all of a sudden he like sells out superman you know and uh tells general zod superman's plans and i feel like there still could be definitely like him betraying um, this lady Loki. I don't think that it's just like, okay, they, they're together now. They've teamed up. Don't worry about that. They're going to work together now. It's not about Loki going back with the TVA and working with Mobius. I still think that there's a chance that he's going to go back and start working with Mobius again. Yeah, I agree. If, if anything, just to, like, he is very interested in how much power that the TVA could have. So, I mean, I, that's where he wants to be. He wants to find that source of the power and see if he can use it for his own means. Sure. So that's way more interesting to him than what's going on in Lady, Lady Loki's side of things. But like, I think like the main, my main takeaway from like her explaining how the enchantment works is the fact that she pulls whatever, she, if the mind is too strong, she has to, and they are there with her, she has to create this fantasy from their memories. I don't think that there's any way that this is Lady Loki enchanting uh, Tom Hiddleston's Loki because he doesn't have any memories of Lamentus One's destruction, and I think she does. 
yeah. I th- I feel like it's a little bit of sleight of hand too. Like the the first episode kind of waved its hand over here to paint Loki as this like pathetic, not so smart, you know, doesn't understand what's going on character. And I, I really feel like that that was like sleight of hand to distract you from how much he really is manipulating the situation by the end of it. Anybody else have any thoughts on on this? I'm just curious. I think what you're saying makes a whole lot of sense. Um, I, I definitely think at the end of the day, Loki is always going to be out for his own. Loki is always going to be out for Loki. And I think whatever he has to do in order to make that happen, he'll do. Um, I, I really like your theory that he has enchanted Lady Loki and that this is all a creation that he has basically pulled from her memory and she's actually still asleep on the train. Um, to what purpose, I'm guessing, just to get more information out of her oh, or yeah. to you yeah. know, basically extract any information from her that will help him in his purpose. Um, and I think anything that he might do from, from get in this series is always, he might look like he's helping the TVA, he might look like he's teamed up with Lady Loki, but at the end of the day, it's all going to be about what benefits him. Um, I think so for like the next few episodes, I think, but I think we're going to have just like another kind of like redemption, um, for our Tom Hiddleston Loki by the end of this first season, just like we got like his arc kind of ended in, and in, um, infinity war where he, you know, stood up to Thanos, but was, was killed. Like that was like the most heroic, heroic and selfless thing that we've seen him do. And I think that, I think like the outcome of like that, I think we'll see that Loki have the same kind of like outcome here of sacrifice by the end of this series as well. Um, but I think like it, by the next episode, you know, like we're going to have Lady Loki and um, our Loki kind of like sitting down, talking, just waiting for the world to just blow up. And it doesn't matter anymore. They, they, she doesn't feel like anything that she says. She doesn't have to hold anything back. She, she can just tell him everything and because they're going to die, there's imminent death. The planet's going to be destroyed. The temp pad doesn't work. It's all over. And um, so she's going to tell him a lot of information. And I feel like once that comes out, there's going to be like this moment where like, not only does he pull the rug out from under her, but he's going to pull out the rug from us as a viewing audience. And we're going to see like her wake mm-hmm. up in the train and the TVA is there to take her away. And mm-hmm. she's That's just going to, she's just going to feel betrayed in that moment. And Loki's going to tell Mobius everything, what her plans are and all this stuff, because we know that her plan is to go back into the TVA and make her way uh, to the golden elevator and, uh, you know, encounter the timekeepers. So, Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see here. Um, oh, let's get to the colliding planet action scene. So we know that this planet is being, uh, you know, it's going to come into contact with Lamentus One and destroy it. And we see them running, fighting, trying to make their way to the Ark. And there's this building that comes down and Loki uses his powers to put it back in place. Now, Jake, we've seen this before in the last episode, he force pulled that Roomba in the Rux cart store. Mm -hmm. And I also found out that he did do this telekinesis. We went over his powers. Telekinesis is one of those powers, but we've seen him. 
he did it in the dark world. He was imprisoned in, he was in that prison and he sent some furniture flying with his powers. So it's something that he can do. I guess just because it was this gigantic building, people weren't buying it or something. And so, um, it's not as like, I, I, at first I was thinking like he used a time stone to reverse it. And oh, wow. I was, because, well, the, remember there's the scene in the first episode where he picks up a time stone from that desk drawer and you never see him put it back down. But if you listen to the scene, you hear the stone make a noise as it drops back into the drawer. So he does not have the time stone. You actually hear it clunk with all the other stones in the drawer. You just don't. Yeah, and even if he did, it wouldn't work in this timeline, would it? Because the stones only work in the timelines that they're exactly they're, they're from. Exactly, it wouldn't. I mean, there's a dude. There is a the slimmest of chances that this is the <laughs> same time stone from that universe. Sure. Mm, and I also wanted to point out that one of our Discord, um, uh, one, one, somebody on Discord said that like every time that we've seen the time stone used, we see that green glow. And I was like, okay, well, <laughs> I said something so stupid on Discord. I was like, well, it was in his pocket. We wouldn't see the green glow because it was. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just, you know, I'm throwing shit at the wall, seeing what sticks in that moment. But like every time we've seen it, like if you, even if you go back to Doctor Strange, that first movie when he's battling Dormammu he's got that he's got like the time stone kind of like the symbols around his wrist and he and and, and we every time he turns back time we see that green band that power reverse time and so there's no way in that moment he's using the time stone I don't believe that at all but man this action scene was incredible yeah it looked great for TV and yeah maybe just we've never seen him like move anything that monumental maybe it's just adrenaline right if he wouldn't have done it he would have died so well you just i still think that he's enchanted her i think this happens during the enchantment and it just makes him look like a badass in his own mind that's hilarious too it's just a little bit of embellishment and look look at me i just saved your life type of thing yeah yeah i love the enchant theory and i think you have solved the how you smartly reveal it to the audience with the just you flash and there she is being captured by the, the TVA and she hadn't been doing any of this the whole time. She's just sitting there. The temp pad works. He gave them their location and someone from the TVA is going to show up. And I guess you could say like, well, everybody in the TVA is running around trying to stop these Nexus events from happening. I, I guys, I think by the next episode, there's no way to, in my opinion, I don't think that they can stop it from going to the red line, Jake. I think we're going red line, man, with the, <laughs> I don't think I don't know if there's a way to stop this man. I really don't. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That's really cool. I and I think they purposely left the TVA out to make that even more impactful when you kind of see them behind things again. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Paul. Like um yeah, no, um like so much is clicking right now. I remember watching this a second time and I, I don't know why I noticed this, but like during that whole action scene, um, Sylvie is always got her eyes on the prize. Like she knows where to go. Every time something big happens, it's Loki that's like looking and reacting to it. So it's like, he's really like, he's living this memory for the first time. Like he's surprised by the stuff that's happening, but it's not shocking Sylvie at all. Like who has read like, who's been here before. So your whole enchantress thing makes like being enchanted makes so much sense right now. Um, and especially like 
I don't know who said it in an interview, but like I don't know if it was Feige or Hiddleston, but didn't someone say like episodes three and four are going to change the entire course of this show? Oh yeah, yeah. There's a yeah. We're going to see a big. I think they said like a big right turn or something like that when it comes to these episodes. And I feel like all of a sudden her waking up in a train could be that big right turn. Possibly. I'm not 100% sold that that's how it's going to happen. That's just like, that's the only conclusion that I can come to. Um, I just, you know, I guess I just wanted to kind of like, I guess, you know, by her logic, what she said about how the enchantment works, I just don't feel like she's enchanted him in this moment. And I don't like the theory that like, okay, um, another Loki's gonna rescue them. I don't like the theory of like, oh, the TVA's just gonna show up and rescue them. I think it's boring. I mean, the show is called Loki. He's known for mischief and tricks and illusions. And I think like the reason that we haven't seen him do a lot of this kind of like, uh, you know, going, uh, tel- uh, telepathy going into people's minds and, 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 you know, pulling these memories and doing things with it. Cause I just don't think he likes that. I think he likes to trick people with like the optical illusions and the, and the, the doubles of himself and changing his, I think that's his thing. I think Enchantress, that's what she likes to do. That's her power set. She likes, that's what she's taken to. And, um, we just don't see our Loki do this as much is that's what I'm thinking. So. Hmm. Hmm. Any any uh, any thoughts or theories going into the next episode? I'm just curious. I definitely think we're going to see a return of the TVA next episode. It's only six episodes. Owen Wilson's our second lead. I don't think we're going to go more than one episode without checking in on those guys and seeing what's going on with them. So, and I do expect this to really ramp up. I mean, we got we have to have a climax, and we're we're halfway there. So I, I really think the next three episodes are going to be really ramped up on uh, plot reveals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I guess... Oh, last thing I want to talk about before we, I guess, we rate it is I want to go back to the second episode and this whole thing about TVA agents not remembering their past lives, which was something that, you know, I, I, you know, I, I thought was the case and it turns out to be, you know, what happened there's the scene with Mobius and he's in Ravana Renslayer's chambers and we see a couple of artifacts from, you know, these missions that he doesn't remember. And one is the San Diego snow globe and the other is this FDR, Franklin D. Roosevelt high school pen. And maybe he doesn't remember those because he was a high school teacher who loved a jet ski. Just throwing it out there. That's interesting because they have that whole conversation about like the jet ski <clears throat> and, and, and he's like, Oh, I've, I, he, he's like so intrigued by them and he thinks they're so cool and like it offers so much freedom, whatever. And Loki's like, have you ever been on one? And he's no, but he's obsessed with like looking at them and so I think that that speaks a lot to this idea that these agents all have past lives and maybe they were somehow, I don't know, men in black wiped out or whatever, but maybe things are peeking through maybe maybe there's some things you love so much they just pop through, you can't help but 
be drawn to those things. And if, if that's the case, then then that makes a whole lot of sense. Maybe name. Uh, excuse me. Maybe Casey doesn't remember that member fish because he's from Atlantis. Oh, no. But on the flip side, it's like you have these memories kind of like, well, it's not really, a, I guess it, it's not a memory because he doesn't remember himself being on a jet ski. Like Jake, I said last week that I thought like we're going to find out that, you know, he's maybe from Florida or like he was from like a body of water and he loved a jet ski and he came from the 90s and that's why he likes Jostacola and all this stuff. And I'm just trying to like, you know, maybe the, maybe the pen is, cause that, that pen's gotta come back. Like they focused on the pen. He doesn't remember the pen. And it just, to me, it's just like that pen's gotta come back. There's gotta be a meaning between for this Franklin D. Roosevelt high school pen. And I was thinking like maybe he was a teacher and that comes from the school that he taught at. Yeah, I agree. The pin has to come back. I, I wonder if we'll see that flashback of the TVA taking Mobius, recruiting Mobius. That that would be a really cool and interesting mm-hmm. scene to show us. Yeah, and I still think that the other analyst that she is not that he's not seen. I think Ravana Renslayer's other analyst is a Mobius, another Mobius variant. Yeah, I like that. That explains why there's so many damn rings on the on the coffee table. And he doesn't remember doing it. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's a great point. So, you think that the other variants are like kind of trapped in like a matrix simulation. Dude, it's it's that is that's interesting. That's that's an interesting That's an interesting theory. Hmm. That no one's really has, doing anything. It's all just fake and VR. Well, not like matrix, but in terms of that, you know, they're trapped in another world where they've had a previous life. Like, so when they're getting pruned in a sense, yeah, it's kind of like them being unplugged and returning back yeah. to their timeline. I, god damn it! I think I think that that is a fucking fantastic theory. There's two ways to look at that too, because. um of course, when, when, when they were enchanted C20 and C15, like C20 saying like, it's real, it's real, I want to go home. So like at that moment, she's like having this fucking realization. Like once, once Sylvie has been pulling these memories and stuff, she comes out of it and she starts to remember like these memories are flooding back. And I think the same thing is happening to C15 when she comes back. Like there's this look of like shock and like revelation on C15's face. When she comes out of it too, I think she's remembering. I really want to see a conversation between those two. Because honestly, guys, if we're, t- you know, and last episode we compared, you know, the, the TVA to kind of like a cult, you know, like you've got somebody at the top that is, that is, uh, kind of like brainwashed all these like people underneath them and they're, they think they're doing something, uh, something for the greater good. And in all actuality, they're doing, uh, they're basically self-serving this narcissist, which basically Rebecca, you said that Loki's a narcissist. So why wouldn't the leader of the TVA be a narcissist? And that narcissist, why that narcissist has definitely the timekeepers have a problem with Loki's. I think that the Loki's stir up so much. The Loki have been the ones that have kind of like gotten a hold of these time stones have been fucking up the sacred timeline and the sacred timeline is basically just like the TVA and this one Loki trying to control everything and and so 
Um, I do. Th- <laughs> Nana, when you're saying like when they're pruning people, you're saying it's kind of like an awakening for like these. Okay, like a guard. Let's say a guard gets pruned with the with the baton. Are you saying that are they dead, or are you saying they're going back to their timeline and they're awoken? Well, yes, with the with the later confirmation that that everyone that works on the TVA is a, uh, is a variant. Yeah, I would take it that they're getting sent back to their timeline, or uh, and like whatever type period they were plucked from, they're just getting sent back. There. I don't think that they're actually being killed. Do I, I, you're, you are kind of on to something because when you, when, let me explain. Couple things that make me think that Nana's theory has is very sound. Uh, when you look at the look on Lady Loki's face when she does this, she does smile, and I don't think that she's a cold-blooded killer. Um, also, when she does use the baton, the orange baton, to disintegrate them, uh, I don't know if you guys heard the scream, but it sounded very digitized. Mm. It was a very digitized screen, and it did remind me of the Matrix. So. I don't know, Nana. You might be onto something, man. Like, like it because it's kind of fucked up thinking about our Lady Loki trying to <laughs> stop these timekeepers, but she's also killing innocent variants that have been brainwashed, right? Yeah, she's just like taking them out of existence. I yes, mean, it's almost worse than killing. Yes, that's an interesting theory, Nana. And like, I'm, I'm gonna put a pin in it, man, because like it that we might find out that that is the case, but I don't know. <laughs> so. Oh man. Uh let's I want us I want us to I want to hear what you guys thoughts were on this episode. I know I saved this for the last part of it, but I do want to know what your rating and thoughts were uh on the episode. So I'll start with you, Paul. Yeah, um just like every other episode, I'm going to give it a Tupperware. I was uh enthralled by kind of their interactions together that we got to see pretty much just the two of them we got them taken out of kind of the main storyline and just got to be on a we just got to be a fly on the wall in their conversations and now kind of talking more about it it's like well who's playing who but um the action scenes were great so it is a definite tupperware from me oh fantastic uh oh you know what would help is if i played the rating system for people if they've never listened to this fucking podcast before and i do apologize The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. Uh, Jake, I want to hear from you next. Yeah, I, I absolutely loved this episode. It was it was a giant Tupperware for me. I mean, my biggest negative of this episode is it just being the shortest episode. Oh, I mean, come on. So, yeah, it didn't stop me from tupperware it. I was enjoying it that much that when it ended, I was just like, oh, no, it's over already. But, yeah, I loved it. I thought it was a gorgeous episode. The shortest episode of Loki is still the longest episode of WandaVision. True. True enough. Yeah. True enough. Yeah, it was it was absolutely gorgeous. Uh, it's like they continue to blow me away with these TV shows that look like they could easily be movies. Um, yeah, I, I just love the theme. I loved all the stuff on Lamentis. I love just the impending doom moon situation going on. I love the interaction 
between the two Lokis. I mean, them kind of talking about each other's like dating history was one of my favorite scenes in the series so far. Yeah, I thought this was absolutely fantastic. Um, You know, it was a little bit of a a short breeding pause to what I think is going to be some really intense stuff coming up. Okay, Uh, Rebecca. I'm I'm not a high tasted for this episode. I I think I I liked episode two a little bit more than this one, Um, but I still did enjoy this a whole lot. You know, as somebody who was not like over the moon for a Loki series, um, I have I have enjoyed what I've seen so far. I've I've really liked it a lot. I thought we got some really. I, I really enjoyed the the conversation between Loki and 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 Lady Loki on the train. Um, yeah, I thought it was. Um, yeah, again, I high taste is not a terrible rating at <laughs> all. I really really liked it a lot. But if I had to compare, I would say probably episode two has been like my favorite so far of of the Loki series. But uh, yeah, I, I'm anxious for the next one as well. Nana. I am going to give this a taste it. I hate to be that guy. Um, I'm enjoying the episodes, but I'm not in love with them as I was with One Division and uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um, I do hope that, you know, as we get to the conclusion of this series, that I change my mind and I love the whole se- the series as a whole. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, um, I'm going to give this one a high taste it. Uh, it would have gotten a Tupperware had they played more Bonnie Tyler. Um, <laughs> you didn't. You got Bonnie guitar. That's not. That's not good enough. No, I don't know. No, I needed. I needed uh, holding out for a hero. Um, I'm gonna give it a high taste as well. I, I. It has nothing to do with the length at all. Like I'm fine with a 40 plus minute episode of Loki. Um, I guess it really just has to do with. And here's the thing. Um. Uh, it really has to do with the fact that there's a lot going on in this episode and I need the resolution to this. I feel like out of all the episodes, and this is not a filler episode in my opinion, because I feel like there's a lot of things going on in this episode that are going to be super important, hopefully super important uh, to episodes four or five and six going forward. I just feel like there's no kind of like resolution now to it. So it's like, it kind of like, it's just like this episode is dangling out there. And then once we get to like episodes four, five, and six, and like more of like what we saw in episode three makes sense, this could be like one of the most pivotal and important moments in this series. But like right now, there's just so many like lingering questions. And I guess you could say, well, with all those questions, doesn't that make, I guess, yeah, I guess so. But in all, I, I, I I feel like out of all the episodes that I've watched in this series, this episode really needs another episode to tie it all up for me in a nice neat bow. Because I guess the questions at the end of the day for me just weren't as because I don't know. I really don't know what's going on at this point with what we saw on Lamentus and like how they're going to get out and everything. I've got theories and everything, but I really don't know. And I guess it all kind of like hinges on like what happens here. Um, and I guess I did want, you know, a little bit less of them holding back. I understand that we got to keep this fucking thing going forward. I, I just, 
I want more Loki talk, man. I want more of these Lokis just talking and figuring shit out. And I know they're just holding back and, and stuff right now. But man, I just, I really want more of that in the series. I just want more Loki, Loki talk. Loki on Loki on Loki on Loki. I want it all. Yeah, so. I'm, I'm totally with you on that, Brian. If they had an episode coming up where we get to talk, we get to see a bunch of Lokis, even if it's just for a couple minutes talking to each other, I, I, I think I'm, I would love this to see, to see that. I want, more of that. The show is called Loki, right? We yeah. want more Loki, and if that's the case, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, <sighs> I did love the episode, though. And honestly, like going back uh, after this series is completed, uh, uh, you know, knowing how the story plays out once we once we do get episode six and everything, this might be like one of my favorite episodes at the end of the day. Like, oh my god. This is the episode that did it, you know, and like, we'll, we'll see. But, uh, for right now, it's just a, it's a high taste it for me, uh, which is not a bad thing, man. It's a, it's a great fucking episode. It's really, it's a, it's a lot of fun, but there were things, I mean, I guess if you're going to have two Lokis, I just, I guess I just wanted more. And I, I guess I know they got to hold back for the story. We can't get it all right now. We've got three episodes left. I get that. But we didn't get Mobius. We didn't get the TV. And I know we can't always get all the things that we want. But at the end of the day, I guess it just wasn't as fucking, like, fun and mind-blowing as, like, I guess... Like, Rebecca, I'm with you. I think episode two has been my favorite so far. And I, if I'm rating it against episode two, this is a high taste it for me. And yeah, I feel like that, I feel like that's how I'm looking at it right now. That, that's totally where, I, <clears throat> excuse me, where I'm coming from as well, is that it's just, I'm comparing it to what I saw last. And... Um, I think I think it was Paul that said this is like a bottle episode, and and it is, it, it definitely is, and and that's not necessarily a bad thing. But at um, the end of the day, it might not be a bottle episode, though. There might be a lot more that opens this whole true, story up. I, I think that's why we need the other episodes. I think it's a little too early to call this a filler or a bottle episode. Um, I agree. I think it's a little too early to call that because we don't really know what's going on. We know what we saw, but like. We don't really know what's going on in this episode. Like, I, I mean, we're dealing with Loki here. Can we trust this guy? Can we trust that the Tempad's broken? Can we trust that someone's not being enchanted right now? Can we even, you know, I mean, for all we know, they're still on the fucking train. We don't know. Right. We have right. no idea. So, um, yeah, this could easily be one of the most pivotal episodes. I, I think a lot of the reason it's getting the, the bottle episode label, too, is because episode two ended with such, like, kind of a cliffhanger that really is, for the most part, ignored and not followed up on in this episode to deal with, uh, you know, a different aspect of the story. But yeah, have patience. We're going to get back there. Yeah, yeah. That's how I look at it. That's how I look at it. I, I guess um, I guess I'm like, I just guess I'm... Uh, uh, <laughs> I guess I just, at this point, in order to, like, fully embrace this episode, Jake, I need a little bit more of the story. Because, like, if we just, if I just get, like, that next part, maybe I'll look back on this episode and be like, holy shit, this is the way. Because we don't know, I don't know how this part of the story is going to play out, Jake. I don't know how this part of the story is going to play out when we get into the next episode. They're still stuck on Lamentus. No, I agree. And I think you've come up with great theories, you know, just this could all just be an enchantment or illusion. And and yeah, I think some of the best media is when you go back and watch something and enjoy it even more once you know the whole puzzle. 
So, yeah. yeah, this could easily be one of the most pivotal episodes once we kind of see the full reveal here. Yeah, well, I kept getting tripped up, though, trying to figure out, like, when, okay, if there is an enchantment, when does it start? And Because they're doing things in this episode to trip you up as a watcher. Nana, you mentioned The Matrix. There's a fucking scene when they're in line for the train where there are all these people in line that are not going to get on the train. They're just in line hoping to get on the train and there's two twins there and like yeah i saw that as well yeah in the matrix man when you're in the simulation and you're with the woman in the red dress like there are doubles there are multiple there are there are sets of twins in that simulation so it's like they're just fucking pulling a page out of the wachowski book here and they're fucking trying to fuck you up even when I don't even think there's an enchantment going on, but now I'm thinking, is there an enchantment? Is this an illusion? Did this all happen as soon as they went through the portal in the temp pad? I mean, what's going on here? So it's, there's a lot going on in this fucking episode. And I think like they're so aware of like us and like our, <laughs> like like all the movies that we've watched we've all watched the matrix and all these just little details that they throw into this episode to i think like get us off on a wrong track or something like that it's fucked up it's fucked up it's like it's like the writers have created nexus events within the episode to send us off on the wrong path and it's super fucked up man that's all I got for Loki episode three, but it was fun, man. I actually had more. I think I had more fun talking about it than I did actually watching the episode. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. I, I think these next three are going to be gangbusters. They, they kind of mm-hmm. have to be. What do we get? What, I, I agree. What's after? What's okay? So what's after Loki? What are we going into? We're going into Black oh, Widow. We're getting oh, oh. well, Black Widow's actually before Loki ends. So Hawkeye's in the next series after Loki. That's what I thought. I I could be wrong about that, but that's my gut, like, knee-jerk reaction. Yeah, I feel like it probably would be Hawkeye and then either She-Hulk or Moon Knight after that. Yeah, I think in that order that you just said, Hawkeye, She-Hulk, Moon Knight. Yeah, yeah. Holy shit. Um, We've got the What If series, August 2021. That doesn't count. Then you've got Miss Marvel's late 2021. Ah, Miss Marvel. Hawkeye, late 2021. Um, and then Wakanda Forever, July 2022. Mm, okay. Okay. Oh, I forgot about Miss Marvel. So Miss Marvel, then Hawkeye. Man, we got spoiled by these, like, kind of almost back-to-back-to-back Marvel series, and then it's going to be a little bit of a big wait after this one. Well, I mean, we do get, we get some movies here, man. We're going to get some movies. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, we're getting, we're getting Black Widow in July. We're getting uh, 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 fucking dude. September. We're getting Shang Chi in September. Yeah, <laughs> and you've got what if in August? Uh, well, we've got Eternals in uh, in November. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. I just kind of I've really grown to love the pacing of the TV series. I mean, the movies are fantastic too, but it's just kind of like boom, you know five minutes spent yourself you know where (laughs) you like really get a fucking chew your food with the tv series yeah and i I really enjoy that aspect of it i you know it'd be like if you took one of the movies and like split it into four parts and got to talk about it that way i've really grown accustomed and to love the the marvel tv series me too oh my me too man we're good but we dude we're getting spoiled right now dude it felt like that first year of disney plus it was like i just had it for the mandalorian 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. It's a little bit of payback. Like they kind of deserve to give you three back to back series that you give a shit about. But yeah, man, it's it really is going to feel like a long time. Nana, you Nana just sent an image in chat. Did you send a dick pic, Nana? What? Oh no, <laughs> no, he sent. Oh, he sent the lineup. He sent the lineup. We got a Marvel calendar here. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so yeah, Moon Knights to be announced, uh, Ironhearts to be announced, Armor Wars to be announced, I Am Groot to be announced, She-Hulk to be announced, Blade, the Blade, I always forget about the Mahershala Ali Blade movie, man. Yeah, that, <laughs> it's, I forget about that too. It's like they just announced <laughs> the actor and then that's all it's really been. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Guys, let's wrap this one up. Uh, uh, Rebecca, where can people find you? Thank you for joining, Rebecca. Oh, thanks for having me. This was a great discussion. Um, if you'd like to hear me talk about a totally another fandom that I absolutely love, you can listen to me and Brooke on Picardcast, where we are talking uh, Star Trek all, uh, all day, every day. Uh, and we are anxiously awaiting the premiere of Picard Season 2 in 2022. Paul, where can people find you, sir? Uh, you can find us on Apple to Oranges, talking all the new Apple, Apple TV Plus original series and movies. There you go. There you go. Check out Apple to Oranges. Man, are you t- are you still talking Lisey's story? Man, yes. Yes. <laughs> and it's, it's not like at least at least one of us is really digging it. Two of us hate it, but yeah. one of us is really digging it. So who's who's I'm the, happy for her? Who's the oddball that's enjoying that? Jess. Really? Jess is digging it. She's she she's into it, but she's also a huge Stephen King fan. She's read almost all of his stuff. I don't think that has it. I think like you can. Uh, that's what's what's wild about Stephen King is like the books are always better in my opinions. I, so it's like you know usually the adaptations are not that good. So, but Dane uh, DeHaan right is the only redeemable. You. He's the only redeemable part of this, but everything else sucks. Oh yeah, he's good. He's really good. I, I I did like his performance in that first episode, but man, I after that first episode, I don't want to touch that fucking show again ever. No. It's pretentious as hell. It, it, I, yeah. I can't stand it. So. Yeah, yeah. Nana, where can people find you, dude? Yeah, I also have a podcast as well called Bloods Are Us. Um, we do talk about anime, gaming, movie reviews as well. Um, I also stream a little bit on Twitch, uh, same name, so you can come over there and say hello. Guys, check out Bloods Are Us with Nana. Uh, Nana, uh, Rebecca, Paul, it's been fantastic having you guys on talking about Loki. I hope I blew your mind a little bit. Oh, yeah. You did. I, I, I like your theories. I hope that's how it works out going forward. Oh, man. Jake, it ain't easy being theories <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to fit. It ain't easy to read either. <laughs> it ain't easy to rhyme. Either. Yeah, it ain't. It ain't easy making sense and being coherent. All right, guys. Uh, we will be back next week with another bonus episode. I'm doing, Jake, we're doing bonus episodes for Loki every week. It's, that's just how it is. Yeah. Bonus episode. I, I, I've never felt the need, more need than to do bonus episodes than with this Loki series ever. You say that now, and next week's going to be 45 minutes of just black screen. (laughs) (laughs) What did it mean? What did it all mean? Talk about pretentious. All right, guys. We will be back next week with Loki Episode 4. Do we have a – when did they give out the titles? Is it Day Of? 
I don't feel like I've ever known it in advance. Me either. I feel like it's yeah, day of. Yeah. Yeah. Has it been that way with all the Marvel series? I feel like it has. Uh, I feel I, like I some of them have leaked. I, I feel like didn't I? Hmm, you might be right. I don't know. No, it's the 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 Mandalorian episode titles leak. It's not the Marvel stuff, not right? The Marvel series. No, yeah. 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 All right. We'll be back next week with episode four. Of Loki cannot fucking wait. See you then. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a t-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat, but it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap.